two takes from the nosebleeds. Alright, so welcome back to our second installment of the Takes from the Nosebleeds podcast. Uh, coming off of our first episode last week, me and the gang are back again. Um, first of all, thank you to all of our listeners for the first episode. Um, but of course, we can't mention our first episode without talking about what happened afterwards. Um, I think we can all say for us as sport fans, uh, this past Sunday was very, uh, very heavy, very sudden. Uh, and very shocking. Uh, for those of you who don't know, which I'm sure many of you, most of you should know by now, uh, Kobe Bryant, longtime NBA legend, uh, tragically perished in a helicopter crash just outside of California Sunday morning. Uh, him, his daughter Gigi, uh, his 13-year-old daughter Gigi, as well as uh, several other uh, people, nine people in total, ended up crashing in that helicopter, and it just shocked not just the sporting world, but it shocked basically everybody all around the world, uh, which really goes to show you how big of a person Kobe was. So uh, before we, we give our, our takes on it and share our memories of, of, of Kobe Bryant, because I'm sure you guys have a bunch, uh, we just want to go ahead and extend our condolences to uh, the families uh, that were affected by this, uh, to the whole entire city of Los Angeles, uh, of course, to Kobe's wife, Vanessa, and uh, his other children. Uh, I can't even put in the words how hard that must be for not just uh, a wife losing your husband, but also losing your daughter. So uh, you guys can jump right in there. I know I kind of started on a heavy note, but unfortunately, you know, we had to talk about this because, you know, it did drop and, you know, we should have made something sooner, but uh, we wanted to have it sink in. So uh, you guys can go ahead and jump on in, say what you, you know- believe. You know, last week I was talking about, well, we were talking about some of the best leaders of our lifetime, and names like Derek Jeter, Tom Brady, and Kobe Bryant came up, and I spoke about Mamba mentality. What Mamba mentality to me was, and I, I now there's stories starting to come out about it, I don't know if you guys read, but Lou Williams, the sixth man for the Clippers right now, and Nick Young were tweeting about a game in Portland where they got their asses kicked and beat pretty bad. And Kobe came into the locker room and took all their Kobe's from them and called them soft, and they'll get them back when they start winning games again. It's not the greatest example, but it's just a funny example of how Kobe was. What I say we could take from this is Kobe always strived to not be mediocre, to always be better. And you saw it off the court where he was flying, trying to beat LA traffic to uh, mesh his basketball life with his family life. You see it in that story. You see it. He was singing. He was rapping in the beginning of his career. You never. He always strived to be the greatest he could be. Oh, he had a dispute with Shaq. They split up. He's going to get one more ring than Shaq. It was always he strived to be the best player he could be. I think we can all take something from that. I'm, I'm not going to get too heavily into it because it is a very sad subject to talk about. But there are a few memories I wanted to speak to. He came in a perfect time where basketball players kind of ruled the world and the one uh off the court and on the court i should say he was singing with destiny's child but the one that stuck out to me the most was his ankles insurance commercial i don't know if you guys remember it but he was uh trying to sell his kobe's in a commercial and he uh, people would get crossed up and fall and they'd play the ankle snap and he'd hand them the kobe's broken ankles and ankle insurance i just thought it was a very funny commercial i always remember Kobe is that guy. I mean, everyone, he loved to be the villain, but everyone also loved to hate the guy. So he was a perfect, perfect basketball player. And Luke, I saw you were just trying to get a 
get something together to make him the new logo. And I do agree. He's a perfect encapsulation of what a basketball player should be. And because of that, I think it is time to replace the Jerry West logo with the Kobe Bryant logo. So, yeah, um, like you said earlier, yes, I was actually one of the people who did sign up on that petition. Um, so Kobe Bryant, to me, wasn't – I didn't really watch him that much, even as a young age, because I wasn't really much into basketball. But um, one of my favorite um, – on court moments, I think I haven't really seen much of it yet. Was the 81 point game, which I know is many, judged by a lot of people as um, the best moment in Kobe Bryant's career, um, besides winning like those three, four titles in a row. Um, uh, my off, my very favorite off, um, off court Kobe Bryant moment comes from around when he was in his second year. Have any of you ever watched the show All That? Before, like as a I did grow up with All That. Yes. So yeah, I think I was, watched it. So, yeah, so he was on the fourth season. He was on, a, like, a fourth season episode, and they did a sketch of whatever, and they, they did a sketch where Kobe Bryant came on, and he was, like, like you could tell, but he was having a lot of fun with um, the actors, and he was doing, he was, he was definitely having fun. I really think that his career in L.A., he spent most of his time trying to just become who he was as a, not as a basketball player, but also as a, um, as a household team, just having him around. Um, and yeah, I think what reminds me, um, rem- reminds me of the cra- uh, this a crash in laundry because I read an article um, this week about um, Thurman Munson, who, for those of you who don't know, um, was the catcher for the Yankees in the seventies, and he also perished in a plane crash just like Kobe did. Um, there was actually an article about his wife um, discussing about how Vanessa is feeling. So uh, with and I feel like those two are very similar connected to where, to where their husbands who have um, perished in a crash like that, um, it's going to take a lot of time for them to get over it. I, I'm sorry, uh, to uh, a lot of time for them to just like let it all and let it happen and trying to move on. That's going to be really tough for them. But for me personally, there's, I really think that Kobe Bryant one of the best athletes of all time. And just this week, I just bought a jersey off of a site just to try to support him. Like I'm probably going to be repping it but pretty much the rest, of the rest of the year just for that. And I, I think really Kobe Bryant is just that special. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, Kobe had, like, a, like a personality that transcended sports. Like, who doesn't know who Kobe Bryant is? Like, my my grandfather, who's from Italy, I said, I was over at their house when I heard the news, and I said, oh, Kobe Bryant died. And even he knew who he was, and he's never watched basketball. So it's, like, it's pretty crazy. And, like, like again, like how many athletes do we refer to by only their first name and know exactly who who they're talking about? It's like not many at all. Probably like who? I can't think of any off the top of my head right now. LeBron. Other than maybe. Oh well, yeah, well LeBron. That's Kawhi. the only one. Yeah, that comes up. Yeah, <laughs> but, but there still, like yeah. yeah. Everybody knows who. When you just need to say Kobe, so yeah, it's like, like, I like, it's hard to put into words what happened. Like it still doesn't doesn't really feel real but uh if we're talking about like our favorite moments um yeah obviously the 81 point game which was against the raptors (laughs) um his one moment that i really i really liked was in the 2016 all-star game that was in toronto when there was like a little moment it wasn't much at all but it was like lebron of covering Kobe for the first time and then 
they made like a big deal about it and were like, like I don't know if you guys remember the clip I'm talking about, but I don't know, like that moment there was like it was almost like a passing of the torch kind of thing. Was hmm. that the All Star game? Like, yeah, in 2016. Mm-hmm. It was it was almost like a passing of the torch, which I found was really cool. And like another one that comes to mind was uh when uh, Harrison Barnes tried to make Kobe flinch with the oh wait yeah I saw that thumbnail on YouTube today like. I, I never watched that video. I just I just saw a thumbnail. Yeah, you can get lost for hours. Like Kobe didn't, Kobe didn't even flinch. Yeah, that's like like what Cole was saying earlier. That's like Mamba mentality to the if to the max. And like uh yeah like it's hard to just process to process it still. But yeah, it was a extremely sad uh that tragedy that happened. Yeah, kind of to add on to that, um, the two eerie things happened uh, about when that whole entire situation happened. Uh, the first one was obviously the night before when LeBron ended up passing him uh, for all-time points scored. Um, I remember my dad, uh, he told me about this uh, Sunday night after it happened, but he told me that he got a notification on his phone uh, saying that LeBron passed him and... Uh, in you know in all-time scoring and he read that initially it's Kobe Bryant passing away and you know he looked at it and he's just like oh okay you know it's just uh just something else you know I just looked at it and it was weird and then literally not even like what 12 hours later like he gets the other notification saying that he did in fact pass away in the helicopter crash and I was the one who ended up texting him saying that it happened uh, and he was just in shock. Like, he thought, like, oh, like, what are you talking about? I just got this notification the night before, and now it's, like, every, everything came full circle, which is just, it's really a shame. Because, like like Joey said, and like Cole said, like, you know, mama mentality was just all over the place. And, like, going back to what Joe said, like, he was so acclaimed universally. Like, you go around the world, and everyone really know who, who he was, um, like he had such a big presence in Italy because his dad, you know, played basketball there and he, you know, spent a lot of his time there. Uh, if you go on YouTube, him speaking Italian, he actually speaks so fluently. And like I, I showed my grandmother and my grandmother, you know, even she knew who she was. So that just, or he was, excuse me. Uh, and that just goes to show you how big, uh, of a stature he was. And what really kind of hit me was, uh, on Tuesday, uh, I have a uh, public and media relations class for my program, and uh, we were talking about about Kobe, and we ended up watching uh, his short film Dear Basketball, and it was just so impactful. You know, it was so impactful, so inspiring. It really kind of hit your emotions, and it, you know, it was it just hit right after. You know, it's it's a very short film. You know, it's a very short film, but it just hit right after. You you have that realization of. You know, oh my God! Like this guy literally just died like 48 hours prior, and like it's it's really eerie to watch. Like if you guys go or any of our listeners watch watch or have watched that documentary, if you watch it again, especially now, it really, you know, it gives you that same feeling. Like you know, really inspiring, really powerful, but unfortunately, you know, there's that always that sad realization. So, uh, you know, I think without a doubt he's going to go down as not just one of the best athletes of all time 
but one of the best public figures of all time and one of the best, uh, all in all, just one of the best people of all time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you know, you just look at all the interviews that he did and he just was so happy. And like, it's real, it really is surreal. Like you look at some of the players that he played with, like, you know, I'm sure you guys have all seen Shaq. Like Shaq is just a mess. And, oh yeah, you know, he was just. I saw his reaction. Side, so. I saw his reaction to the death on uh, Twitter, and it, the way he reacted so upsetting. Because I know that uh, Shaq and Kobe had that beef for years when they were when they were teammates, and up until that point, they were just like, "I'm not gonna like. I don't like you. I don't like you." Just, just, uh, to, you yeah. know, to add to add one more thing in, I and I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news. Kobe wasn't a perfect human. Obviously, he he made a mistake, but you know, it just goes to show you how impactful he made his life after that mistake. Nobody's talking about it. You know what I'm saying? Usually, when people find a a lane to pick on somebody, they attack it, and there is a lane. But I, everyone's recognized him as one of the greatest figures of all time, as you said, Matt. So. Um, I, I just embrace Mamba mentality, always strive to be a better you, I guess could be, cause that's what he, that's what he wanted. And that's what we should do. You know what I'm saying? As a world, if you strive to be a better you, like Kobe strived to be, I mean, a couple examples, he, he made a Oscar winning Oscar nominated short film. He learned a language to speak to Luka Doncic on the sidelines, just straight. He was a firm believer that if you can teach yourself to do it and you have the time to do it, that you can do it. So uh, there's a lot to be taken away from his life as he's one of the probably most influential. Well, yeah, that's exactly. um, He also made two video games on the N64, like Kobe Bryant's courtside, Kobe Bryant's courtside 2, I think it's the other one's called. Yeah, I I remember a lot about those games when I was younger, like growing up with with a 64. Like that, I think like you know, kind of like piggybacking off of what Cole said. Like you know, uh, getting back to my my class when we were talking about this, we were actually given an assignment and we were kind of like given the task of, you know, this was this is the hard thing because there are still those people. Obviously, the majority are still firm, you know, supporters of him, firm fans, you know, firm, you know, people that idolized him. But then there's also the other side of of that spectrum where it's like, you know, here are the guys that, uh, you know, feel that he did do some wrong and he, he did do some mistakes, which, you know, I will admit, you know, it was, you know, learning about that, it was very heavy. And as I'm learning in the, in the PR and the, in the media field, you know, it's hard how to manage that. And one of the questions that we were tasked was like, how do you deal with that today? Because of how, you know, big the, you know, the Me Too movement and how, you know, we shouldn't, you know, indulge and support people who do certain things. But, you know, I will admit, you know, Kobe did obviously come out later and say that it was wrong, um, which really just kind of goes to show you how, you know, much of a character that he was where he, you know, he took accountability of it. And I know, you know, topics like this are so hard. And I promise we're not going to talk a lot about uh, serious stuff because we want to have our show to be very engaging and fun. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you got to look at this aspect with sport. And I feel like, you know, it's hard to take back something like that. But I think it's better to, it's really hard to, to word this because obviously, you know, I don't condone anything like that at all. 
But uh, I do feel that at the end of the day, you know, a guy, like to bring it up after the guy just lost his life, I mean, that's kind of tainting, you know, the guy's legacy. And I think, you know, uh, obviously it was it was a very unfortunate incident. Um, obviously, you know, it was years ago, but, you know, that doesn't make an excuse. Uh, but still, uh, I think regardless of any circumstance, Kobe Bryant is going to go down in history as one of the best sport figures of all time. And definitely, I'd say this is one of the, if not the most shocking death in, God, I don't even know, like so many years. Like what was the last big death? Not just in well, sport. What, but what came to mind to me was sports related was when Roy Holiday died in a yeah, like, plane for, crash yeah, like that's what a few I was years thinking. ago. That's like kind of the same. That's immediately what I kind of triggered my memory is like something that's so similar um, with that. You know, and there's all obviously so many other ones that we can, you know, talk about for hours. But uh, we'll, I think we should end this on this because I feel like they're obviously, as much as we want to dedicate the whole episode to Kobe, uh, there are so many other podcasts and outlets that really, uh, you know, hit it on the head more than we could ever do. So uh, we'll just wrap it up by saying, you know, obviously, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace to uh, the other people who unfortunately perished in that crash uh rest in peace to his daughter um man like once i heard that that was just unreal oh, like, yeah. i can't even i can't even imagine also, like, like when i when you first saw the tmz uh report did you think that tmz was just trying to um get attention at first because i i didn't trust tmz at first because i thought they you were going to gain you know, it, it was a it was a messed up thing to report before the family would find out. I will say that. Oh, for sure. And TMZ has made the mistakes of reporting deaths uh, that weren't actually happened, i.e., Rick Ross and Little Wayne. But I I don't know, man. It it just it hit me hard when I first saw that tweet. So no, because I, I thought yeah. they were I just thought they were just trying to get attention, and I thought no, no, you can't be no, you I don't can't think be they doing do that to get attention. That's, you can't be doing that to do it. That's even worse than not telling the families, man. That's just I don't think they're doing it to get attention. I you So I, I think what it is is that it was you know, they wanted to kind of get a really big scoop, you know, and obviously they felt that this was a really, you know, big deal and they have to get it out there because, you know, it was so so groundbreaking. But at least have the common decency to get all the details first. And obviously notify the fam, let the authorities notify the families because, you know, if you're telling everyone else stuff before immediate family, then that that's just wrong. And I think TMZ should be ashamed for that. But I think we can all agree that you know once, we, obviously we all thought it was fake, but then once we saw someone like Woj tweet it, then we kind of yeah, were like, I'm glad Woj wow. tweeted it because just to, I'm glad he did that just to clear everything up because. Uh, I still kept thinking there's no way he died. Like, I, there was no way he died. Yeah, I know. I was I was the same way. And then once it hit, I was like, wow. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, I, th- I think we, we definitely hand, uh, you know talked about that as much as we could. Uh, obviously, I think we could have done a whole episode dedicated to, to Kobe. But uh, obviously, the, the emotion was just so strong that we just couldn't really will ourselves to do it. Uh, and, you know, it really just goes to show you how even if you haven't met a person, how impactful their life could mean on you. You know, it really just, it, that at least is the one heartwarming thing I can, I can take it from it. Uh, so from that, uh, I know it's going to be a very hard segue, but uh, we have to cover a lot of other sports that are happening. And today we're going to talk into hockey, which 
holy hell, last night was fun, wasn't it? Um, so for those of you who don't know, uh, the Battle of Alberta between both Alberta teams, Calgary and Edmonton, uh, the I believe it was the third time that both teams played each other, uh, and it was a rematch after uh, round two, which everyone was talking about, uh, primarily because of two players, Matthew Kachuk and uh, Zach Cassian. Uh, so before we dive into what happened last night, uh, Luke and Joe, since you guys are my hockey friends, Cole, you can be in there as well. What do you think about stuff like that? Like how you know how important do you think last night's game was? Not just in the standings, but in general. I didn't really see last night's game. I just saw a bunch of clips of Matthew Kachuk, and I think somebody else was in, into a fight of him. But the Battle of Alberta, I'm not sure since I don't really live in Canada how big this is, but I know it's pretty. But I think it's it's really big to them, and um, I'm not. The, I think the Flames are really doing great right now, and I think that um, with Matthew Kachuk, they might they might put themselves um, in a, a position where they could be like either a wild card team. I'm not sure where they are in the standings, but I really think. This could be a good playoff team if um, Matthew Kachuk could be become a better leader. And as for the Oilers, I'm really not sure where they are, but all I can say is just Connor McDavid. He's just a good player. I wasn't. My apologies if I'm not making really good commentary on this because I didn't watch the game last night. It it just it. I really didn't really watch much of it except for one second of a fight of that fight I just mentioned. So, uh, I think. Just yeah, just seeing uh, these players having these intense um, fights with each other is just fun because it's. Let's look at it this way. It's like if you compare this to the Devils and Rangers, okay? Let's compare. I'm gonna compare that because I can make a better comparison. Um, it's like, did any of you ever see the Devils versus Rangers fight back in 2012, where all three um, fights were happening at the same time when the puck dropped? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So. Um, it's sort of similar. I think it's similar to that, where it's like, you know the rivalry is big up there, and you can see fights happening most of the time. But I just think that's a better comparison for me, because, um, Joey, I think you might have a better comparison on that, because I know you're a Maple Leafs fan, but and being in Canada, you know how big this rivalry is. Yeah. Well, like, I think last night was really good, just for, like, like the sport in general like the fact that Cassian and uh Kachuk were able to just like finally end all this controversy going on between them was was good because I thought like it was getting stale hearing like the media talk about it like every other day it felt like up until the lead up to this day so like yeah it's good but also like it's also good to see like both of those teams like competitive again I don't remember the last time both those teams were both like fighting like in position to make the playoffs and and like really good like like it's how do I word it's the best for hockey players or it's best for the NHL sorry when um when the Canadian teams are doing well and there's these rivalries that all eyes are on yeah like for the longest time like even now like like the Toronto Maple Leafs and Montreal Canadiens is like one of the marquee rivals of the NHL both teams are like like never good at the same time so like that that rivalry to me at least is like gone like very stale yeah like like, which is not good for the sport at all yeah like if you look around the league in general like there's really not a lot of rivalries like okay like 
And even if there are rivalries, there are a lot that are very irrelevant. Like, if you look at, like, San Jose and L.A., yeah. for example, like, both are going to be tanking this year. I don't think if either of those teams play, they're not even going to be nearly as chippy as they were, you know, three, four, five years ago. Um, mm. I'm trying to think of, like, who else. Other, like, Boston, you, Montreal. Do you think that, um, you think the both Devils and Rangers should be tanking despite the fact that the Rangers are doing really good because they have Alexander Canaan? Rangers are still going to be selling regardless. I think they still have a lot of pieces that they can go and, and ship the out. The Devils definitely need to start selling. They have so many oh, assets yeah. that they can trade off. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. we'll talk about. Uh, Anyways, going back to... Uh, I'll, I'll go into a little explanation why. Yeah, we'll, we'll touch on that in a minute. But going back to the Battle of Alberta, you know, the fact that the, the, the Department of Player Safety had George Peros was there, I was like, wow, this is something that they're really you know, thinking is going to escalate into something huge. And, you know, I think, to me, the fact that he made the trip out to Edmonton was, I think, a little unneeded. I guess he overread the situation, but obviously, like, you know, if you were to tell anybody that the two guys to start fighting would be Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Sean Monaghan, then everyone would kind of look at you funny because everyone is yeah, was... expecting that. I saw those two uh, drop the gloves. I was shocked. I was like, yeah. there's no way. I was like, okay. This like, is, those are two skilled guys. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, going back to what you said about uh, George Peros, like, I don't think that really made a difference, to be honest. At the end of the day, both teams knew that a very important two points were on the line and a very good divisional game was, was going on that they had to win. So I don't think they were letting that drama drift too far. In fact, yeah. Chuck and Cassian handled their business was enough for them and now they and then after since that they could just focus on getting the two points which at the end of the day is the main goal so i don't think it would have gotten i don't think it was necessary for perils to be there like even then like it wasn't going to do anything yeah i think like it's almost the equivalent of like to put it in like a baseball or, or a basketball term it's almost like say two teams are playing in baseball like i'm trying to think of like the last bench clearing ball that was like big like, say the, the Reds and the Pirates were having a series, and, you know, that whole entire brawl happened, and the suspensions were handed out. You know, like, a team, if the team has, like, bench-clearing brawl one series or one game, you know, I don't anticipate, you know, whoever is at the top of the league, whether it's, you know, whoever's at the top of the Board of Governors that handles this stuff. I don't expect, you know, the, the commissioner to come down and, you know, sit in the stands and be like, okay... You know, you guys better not do anything, otherwise there's going to be some consequences. It's almost like, to me, a parent coming in and supervising their kids, before, like, making sure, like, okay, you guys better not fight, you guys better behave yourselves. Like, it's just a little degrading to me. And, like, to talk about, like, you know, to me, I thought that nothing was going to happen. Because the last time that something like this happened was, I believe it was the Leafs and the Canucks. Uh, there was that big... Like game oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. two years ago, where Kadri hit the 2016 17 season. Yeah, it was that season. Yeah, and then Kadri hit Daniel Sedin. Everyone expected, like, okay, like someone's going to come out and, and fight. And then literally no, the, next, the next game, it was Matt nothing. Martin and uh, who was it? Gabranson, I think. Yeah, it was something like that. And it was funny because everyone was hyping it up, and then nothing happened. And that's what I expected. They handled last their night. business, and that was it. Yeah, and then to me, like, what I honestly thought was going to happen was both coaches probably read the situation and they're probably like, okay, you know, we don't want the situation to escalate. 
We don't want our players to get suspended. They're crucial parts to our team. Obviously, one more than the other, Kachuk over Cassian. But still, they're an integral part to the team, and we don't want them lost. But thankfully, I would say, uh, I don't want to say cooler heads prevailed, but, you know, the business was handled. You know, the game was fun. Um, I don't know if any of you guys saw, but there was an incident where I think Mark Giordano took a run at McDavid. Uh, and that was really interesting just to see, you know, two captains running at each other. And, you know, the fact that Giordano almost contacted with McDavid's knee, the same knee that he almost had surgery on, was just a little, it was a little weird. It kind of, the rivalry kind of reminds me of Colorado-Detroit back in, the, in like, the 90s and 2000s. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah. Um, I would, yeah, we compare like, this whole fight to, say, Cole, I think you would know about this, the Malice at the Palace. Because I know about it. Oh boy! Do you think that I? Think, uh, I, think I can't that, speak to the hockey fight because I I saw some clips, but I don't think anything's going to compare to the malice at the. Palace. No, yeah, I think I think that's a that's a stretch. Like this was just between two players who had beef with each other, okay. and they the they, the they settled said their earlier, scores. Said earlier that um like um like it got that you were saying like oh if it gets so bad the commissioner will come down and tell them to stop it or something like that i was just thinking about i was just thinking about maybe the mouth of the palace would be a comparison to that but i nah, guess because uh, mouth of the palace that fight people were getting in the crowd and stuff i from the clips i saw it was just on the ice yeah this was basically if, to put it in basketball terms you can say what happened between uh jay crowder and uh, Morrissey last night. the other night. It's just like beef between. Oh yeah, did you see the you um just... Knicks? Yeah, did you see the Knicks um thing last night? What happened there? Yeah, yeah, it was a mess. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So God. basically, like, that's what if you're looking for a basketball Knicks, comparison. Yeah, just oh, like two players like having beef. Oh yeah, like I just, see the yeah. crowd. The crowd just chanting "Sell the team" was like the best thing about that whole thing last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, going back to, like, you know, the hockey example, like, it's funny because, like, I don't know what it is with, like, the Kachuk family, but they're just, like, a whole bunch of shit disturbers. Like, if you think I about it. I love them, though. I mean, they're, they're I think No, I think his father was good, like, um... Well, like, his dad wasn't, like, uh, like, a Brad Marchand, but he was definitely, you know, a guy who would, you know, get physical. under your skin. Yeah, he would play physical, get under your skin... And obviously it rubbed off on to his two kids. I don't know a lot about Brady Kachuk other than that he fought P.K. Subban like, what, two days ago? Yeah. Which was fun. Oh, yeah. So, so like, I think, like, those guys are, like, I I guess, like, the best term I could think about it is they're kind of like boomer babies where, like, boomers are just going to love them because they're like, oh, here's a guy that can fight and, you know, he's got skill. And The new age people love him, too. Yeah, I know. Like he's he's they're, they're a very good. good. Yeah, he's a very good all-round player. Like he can stick up for himself. He plays physical, but he's also got a crap ton of skill. And I think, you know, if I were to go back, if I didn't like for me and Joey, like if we did not draft Matthews, I believe that was the same draft. Uh, mm-hmm. I would not be disappointed with Matthew Kachuk at all. Um, no, that no. that would be really fun. Uh, but it, it's funny to me. Like I was looking at the standings earlier. All three teams in the Pacific Division, the top three, all Canadian. The bottom three, all from California. You know, you look like two, three years ago, it was, it was different. You know, it was those, you know, Anaheim, L.A., San Jose, 
top three. Now you flip the script, which I I personally like. I love it for. That's great for the sport. No, I'm telling you. Yeah. Too. It's, it's great it's for the Canadian back in this, um, back in the on top for one. Even yeah, I, yeah, exactly. So uh, to tie into hockey as as a whole, um, this is a funny little niche clip that we'll we'll put into the recording uh, or afterwards, depending on how it it comes out. Uh, but for those of you who are uh, Sabres fans or follow the Sabres, or if you're just on Twitter, uh, there is a fan by the name of Dwayne who really, really, really is upset with the Sabres. And let's be honest, do you do you really blame him? All right, uh, 803-0551, 888-550-2550, those are the numbers. Dwayne is going to lead us off this segment. Hi, Dwayne, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hey, thanks, Bulldog. Thanks, guys. Uh, if you just give me a, a few, like a minute here, just to, like, I'll try and organize my thoughts as best I can. I'm just, you know, I've, you know, I've, the 24 years they've been in that arena. I think in some form of capacity, I've been a season ticket holder for about 15 of those years. You know, I started my first hockey card was Brad May. My first jersey was Pat LaFontaine. I idolized Dominic Kashuk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kashuk. I. You know, I work for Hashik Foundation now as, as, as a coach, and you know, I, my life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. You know, I, I, I went to the finals games as a kid with my dad. I watched Jeff Sanderson score with our one arm around Eddie, around Ed Belfour. You know, I have so many yep. great moments to talk about with this hockey team, and like, I, I, I just. I'm surprised the organization remembered to wish Dominic Kashuk a happy birthday today. I'll put it that way. I just, it, it, it's so mind-boggling how we've fallen this far. And, like, I don't need I, – I, I was cautiously optimistic coming into this season because I wasn't fully expecting playoffs, but I was happy with the way the season started because the competitiveness was there. Last year was misery 100% after the 10-game streak. It was absolute misery because the competitive is the passion was not there. And it's been there. And then they go out and lay an egg last night in front of me. I was, of course, I was at the game. First time I went to a game with my sister, by the way, and she had to sit there through that. And it's just it's mind-blowing. Like, I, I don't need a Jerry Jones type of owner. Like, I need an owner who's going to answer the fans when they misspell names on jerseys and have Chinese knockoffs on alumni. Like, what is going on? Like, what are we doing? Like, I don't understand it, man. Like, Bulldog, you, you lived through this. You've seen it. Like, have you ever been, like, have they ever sucked the passion out of you like they have me? I've dedicated my life to hockey because of this team. Like, I can't do it anymore, man. Like, like, I'm seriously, for the first time, considering just not being a season ticket holder this year. Like, we're, like I, I, even when the team was terrible, Ted Black would come on the station and talk to fans and address concerns. I don't need the, the, the I don't need a damn camera in front of Terry Pagula every single day, but address their concerns. Be there when, when you screw up. Answer for the mistakes. Be accountable. You know, this, like, Pella Fontaine had been forced out of, the, out of the organization, you know, five years ago, however long it was. Like, I don't need an explanation, but it's just been mediocrity. It's, it's almost worse than the Bills drought. Like, like, and you know what? As, as, I don't know what people's opinions of the man were, you know, with Russ Brandon, but if Russ Brandon was running the team still, I highly doubt he would have allowed Chinese knockoff jerseys to be worn by Danny Garrett at Turkey Drive. I would have died on the ice 
the goat head, missing deadline. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, what is it? Like, I, 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 do, I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as this team has over the last, like, five years and just don't hold yourself accountable, go hide in your house in Florida. Like, what is this? Get in front of the camera and at least make us feel that we, that we matter, that we matter to you. Like, I'm sick of it, Bulldog. I'm sick of it. I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Um, I, mean, I don't like uh, the. I, it's I, very. I could see. I could see that happening. Um, this, the Sabers, I think, are just. Are the Sabers just not that good this season? Are they just like the They're not the worst team in the Atlantic Division, right? Yeah, they're no, not they're as not. They're definitely yeah, they're not, not as worst as the Red Wings. But let's be honest. I think that he has to think about they, that. They have last place. Not as worst as that. The one thing that so, Buffalo Buffalo sports in general can be happy about. They're not Detroit. Like I'm sorry, but like you know, the ti- the Tigers are bad. The Pistons aren't horrible. They're at least watchable some nights. Um, you know the the lot the Lions are. Watch your like, mouth. Be careful. Watch okay. Okay. All right. I said they weren't I, that I can, bad. I can speak to I can speak to Detroit sports. It's been it's been a mess my whole entire life. So. Okay, well, you have championships. You have Michigan. Yeah. You still have the University of Michigan football and basketball. Yeah, so that never wins. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, no, okay. I, I agree. The Red, Wing, the Red Wings are very bad this year, right? Oh, they're worse yeah. than league. They're oh, awful. Yeah. Like, people can, yeah. like, people, no matter what they say about the Devils this season, they still say the Red Wings are just the worst team in the NHL. Despite the fact that I think we are the second worst team in the division. Uh, I mean, the second worst team in the NHL this year. Uh, yeah, looking at it right now, Detroit is last by – just to paint the picture for you, the difference in points. So the second-worst team in the league is L.A. with 41. Detroit has 28. So to paint the picture for you, that's a 13-point difference, and they played the same amount of games. Detroit, I think, also has like a minus 90 goal differential. So that that's pretty bad. But to be fair, do you blame them? Because they haven't fired Jeff Lashley yet. They, I think they have to fire him. No matter, but like, this is part of their plan, though. All these fires that are happening this season, Jeff has, you think that Jeff Lashley has to be one of them? Oh, it's going to be scorched earth for sure. I think Steve Eiserman is going to come in and basically oh, torch yeah. the place. He's going to be like... What it'll remind me of, and I know I'm sounding like such a homer, but shut up. I can say whatever I want. Uh, It reminds me of when Brendan Shanahan came in, and Shanahan was overseeing the team for, like, what? Was it two years? A year and a half, two years? Yeah. Yeah, and then 14-15 happened, and then he's like, screw it. Nothing's working. Let's start from scratch. And that's what he did. Just walked around the office. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. I think like the best uh, the best analogy of it is uh, I can't remember oh it was, yeah it was Steve Dangle's video so if you guys ever watch Steve Dangle LFRs before, you should oh yeah I love you I love should him. despite the fact uh, that he the fact that he does a lot of uh, what are the what are the videos that he did um yeah the LFRs uh, what are those bloopers? no what are those bloopers videos he does like uh, dang it like, oh dang it yeah plays thank you week. dang it yep. yeah dang it I love those it. are those are fun. Cole, if you ever want to learn about hockey, I recommend this guy. He's basically like, you know Cabby? He's basically Cabby. But for hockey. Yeah. 
If you okay. if you if you read his book, I'll probably like get lashed if I if I meet Steve again and he'll yell at me. I met Steve a few times. Uh, if you actually go on YouTube and you watch the uh, the Easter Seals tournament, I'm in the video for a brief five minutes because I challenged Steve to a game of threes, and I played as the Carolina Hurricanes because James Reimer is on the Carolina Hurricanes, and I just wanted to <laughs> screw with Steve a little bit, but then he killed me six nothing. So. Uh, yeah, we don't talk about that. Anyway, getting back to Buffalo, because uh, I think, to be honest, like, I'm not trying to be mean here, because like, I feel bad for Buffalo. Is Buffalo the worst sports team in the last 20 years? No, sports actually, I don't think sports so. Team? Um, like, the worst, like, sit, like, the city, like, in general, because, like, you have the Bills, who are better now. But for a long time, they were just mediocre. You have the Sabres, who have been mediocre for a long time. And they're, like, I'll get to them in a minute. And, like, you know, like, I don't really know what else is there. Like, the Bisons, maybe. But, like, they're, like, kind of minor league baseball. More like just a farm a system. Just a team. Yeah, they're basically a farm yeah. system at this point. So, it really is a shame because, like, Buffalo, like, if you go to... I don't know if you guys have ever, like, gone to, like, any, like, sporting event in, in Buffalo. Going in a few weeks. Yeah. So. Oh, is it the 16th? Yeah. I might go because that's my birthday, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's hoping. Um, but, yeah, like, like getting back to, the, like, I'll get to, to Buffalo, like, to the Sabres. Like, I'm just, I'm mind-boggled at this team. Like, I remember... Like, 14-15, it was the McEichel draft. They draft, They tanked so hard for McDavid. They didn't get him. They got Eichel, which, let's be honest, I would not be upset if I have Jack Eichel on my team. But, like, this team has been mismanaged for, like, almost a... Not, I want to say almost a decade, but, like, about a little more than, like, half a decade. Like, at least the last five years have not been kind to Buffalo fans. And, like, you look at their team as a whole... Just to paint the picture, Jack Eichel has 63 points. The next guy is Sam Reinhart with 42. And then, like, it goes to, like, people having, like, 20, like, 19, 15, you know, whatever. Like, dude, like, Jeff Skinner has 19 points. Yeah, that's that a guy contract that looks terrible. Is this the guy, they, the guy they picked yeah, – that's the guy they picked up because they still – he did the best last season, and then they feel like, oh, we could just keep him for, like, next season. It, it, what, what it is is I think they realized they had to overpay him uh, to really kind of, like, keep him because Buffalo, like, is such a niche market. Like, Buffalo and Winnipeg, I feel like, should shake hands because, like, from what I hear, like, no one really wants to play there. Or like, Evander Kane. Yeah, Evander Kane <laughs> went through both, but now he's in San Jose doing nothing, basically. Uh, but, like, yeah, like, I just have not, like, Skinner to me was the first one to, like, be happy being in Buffalo, because, like, you know, he grew, obviously, you know, he grew up there, well, he didn't grow up in Buffalo, he grew up, like, an hour and a half down the road, but, like, you know, I guess that's the reason why, is he's like, okay, I'll stick around, and they're gonna pay me nine million bucks for, like, eight years, why am I gonna say no? But, like, I feel like this problem, it goes beyond, like, the head coach. And I think, like, okay, God love Ralph Kruger. Like, I think they need a guy to really, like, come in and steer the ship. And, like, I think it's not that he's not the guy. It's just that this this organization's tainted. 
like this organization's basically like I don't even know what a proper comparison is. Like if I were to compare who I'd rather have, the Sab the Sabres or the Devils, sorry Luke, but I'd still pick the Sabres. No, I get it. I get it because yeah, Devils yeah. have not but done like, a thing to improve the roster over the past like over eight years because yeah, you look at like, 2012 was the like one of the best years of the decade I think for the Devils because um you have Ilya Kovalchuk and I know we all hate him um. You have, you still have Pat, Patrick Elias. You have new rookie Adam Henrique. You have so many of these players who you think would not do well, and then you look at the season they did surprisingly well. And uh, the way they run to the Stanley Cup final that year was just insane. Just wow! You beat the Panthers, you beat the Rangers, and you also beat um, the Flyers. It's just insane. Because, um, but after that, I think what starts. As um, what just starts as after that season, everything just flopped after that. Like you have um uh um I know his name, but what's the coach like? I know Pizza his board. name. What is the coach that? Pizza boy, Pizza boy. Thank you. Yeah, whoever said Pizza boy, thank you. Yeah, Pizza boy. We had Pizza boy for the while for the after the after those years, um, and then he just flat out did nothing to like change the team. And then when he was fired, that's when we picked up Vaishero. Um, yeah, we picked up uh. They show, um, yeah, John yeah. Then we fired, then we fired, then we also fired Will Lemarello, but which is upsetting because I think Will Lemarello still would have been doing some something good for the team. Um, you also have, uh, yeah, you bring in Rachel, um, for uh, GM, the GM position. If I'm if I'm saying that right, is that is that wait, Rachel was. I'm sorry, it's 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 confusing now because um. They show is gone. It's just it's, it's confusing. Uh, Cheryl was the GM, if I'm correct. Even if I know my own team, I just okay. I feel like an idiot now because I can't remember my own team. It's fine. It's fine. Um, actually, Luke, Luke, I want to get your thoughts on you guys just hired a, a Galan today. Uh, actually, wait, sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, that, that, I, that, I, that I, was a that was a joke. Count. I wasn't, no, I wasn't paying attention. Sorry. I think, to be honest, like <laughs> I know I saw that at first, and it was just like I thought I, I thought it was real for like the longest time. <laughs> yeah, and then it's just it turns out it was. Yeah, that was. Well, yeah, like getting back to uh, what was the joke? I couldn't, I couldn't hear you. I apologize. What, what was the oh, joke? No, there was saying? a joke account going around saying that that Gallant got hired by the Devils. <laughs> oh yeah, I heard about that because I because one of our Viva Forty said that. And like I was like I was like, um, wait, did we hire him? I was like, oh no, I just read this. No, I read the tweet first, and then I looked at the picture. I was like, oh. But to be fair, I heard some people wanted Gerard Gallant on the um as our coach. Um, but then yeah, we also, like, someone said, but then someone wants Peter Laviolette as a coach. You think, I don't know if that'll be a good idea, but I, I mean, think both. With, yeah, but both will get a job. If I had to predict where. I'd say probably Gerard Gallant going to Detroit because... I mean, unless the, the Red Wings have the actual nerve to fire Jeff Lasher, which they, for some reason, I still don't understand. Well, the thing is, they're, I, yeah, like they're, they're supposed to be this bad. Like, I don't... I think they want to give him a competitive season to see, like, how he does with, like, with, like, actual players because right now they're fielding, like, an AHL team. So it's, like... Like, I think they... They want to see how he is once this, once they get like some some talent 
on their team so, because right now this is the plan for the Red Wings. They're not they didn't come into the season with any expectations at all. So the the part of what I said earlier about the Devils, um, let's look at it this way: if you had Taylor Hall, PK Subban, Peter Gusev, um, uh, yeah, uh, Jack Hughes, Nico Hischier, how would you feel about that? The way because would you feel just as excited as I was at the beginning of the season, or you would just or do you feel you feel like this is going to be a good season and it just ends up to be what exactly is going on right now? You know, I, I penciled be, in yeah. the Saber, the the Devils as making the playoffs, honestly, like I in a wild not, card spot. Not a, I thought want, like they had a really good off season with Subban. Yeah, I thought Nikita Gusev was gonna be was gonna be a lot better than what he is, and like yeah, I just thought like. I think uh, to me the big thing uh-huh. was the team did not manage their defense well, and they bet on their goaltending, and their goaltending fell. Like but, Corey Schneider was. Just, yeah, like, here's the thing. that first game against was unbelievably bad. I went to I went to that home opener, um, by the way, and when after Blake Coleman scored that uh, to make it four one, I thought is this going to be the season they win the cup, and then having that breakdown of like. Three, three straight goals, then Koishana goes down, down. Like, that put everything, that that, that um, game summarized everything on how this season was going to go. Um, just that game alone. And you can argue that, yeah, all the times that um, uh, the, the coach just mixed up the lines during the game, that's why he got fired. And the fact that you thought that Ratio was this amazing GM, but he also made some really ridiculous moves. Um, also question the fact that is another reason why he probably got fired in the first place. So um, I don't know. Like I think if we get, um, I don't know if we should tank for Alexis Lafreniere, which I just heard he actually got suspended recently. Um, I, I don't think, know whether. Well, like regardless of the suspension, he's still the consensus overall pick. Like you could get suspended in junior and still. People will look at your skill set and be like, okay, we, we want skill, like, regardless of this guy, like, has bad character or not. He doesn't have bad character. So, yeah. I'd say just, I don't think. Yeah, he, it was a bad play. Like, if yeah, you look back he, at it, it was bad. He's, he's yeah, the consensus, consensus number one pick by, like, a mile. Like, no one's yeah, touching like, him. Yeah, if you look at the draft, like, I think. This is not as this isn't as big as like the the McDavid draft, but I'd say like if I had to look at the last few, probably I'd put this slightly. I'd put I'd, say, I'd put a third. I'd probably go like the McDavid one first, then the Matthews draft, then I go with the what was the what was the one? Oh, 2017 was the Heeshear draft. Yeah, I'd that's put, the one. I put that a, I'd yeah. go probably the McDavid one, then the Matthews one. The Lafreniere one, at least for right now, would be penciled in at three. Then I'd go Darlene. Then I'd go um, the, the Heesher one. Which what about, what, what about oh, yeah, that one does not look good right now. That, which, that, sorry, that, which one? Uh, the recent one, the Hughes one. And it's also, oh, yeah. it's also, the reason why, no, 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 no. The reason why I'm saying that is because it's it's small sample size. I that's mean, the reason why. Jack Hughes right now is just a point better than Capocacco. And that's the reason why. Okay, um, let, me, let, me, let me pull both of them up, though. 17 and 20 and 41 for Hughes. Hughes is a better pick out of this draft because you just think that Capocacco with his speed, he might um, 
you might you think Kaka with the speed, he might just do a lot better for the uh, Rangers. But I think Hughes, um, because he went from Quinn, I feel like he could um, do a lot more than what than what Kaka does. That's why um, I think that was the best bet. Yeah, I'm surprised Kako's having a bad year. Like, I'm looking at the Rangers as a whole, and, like, offensively, they're f- fantastic. And, like, they're getting decent yeah. goaltending. If you look at their, their defense, their defense is good. Well, it's not, okay, poor choice of words. It's not good, but it's not yeah, but horrible. Take, take Artemi Panarin out of this situation. That Rangers lineup is still good. Yeah, like, Zabanejad's great. Strom is having yeah. a great year. Like I think, to be honest, if the Rangers do some some hits in the if they get some good hits in the draft, like this year or maybe next, they could they could go far. And uh, not I think too, they're not too far away to be yeah, honest. The Rangers at all, they're not far at all. I mean, let's look at it this way. It all depends on luck, is what the uh, drop lottery is. So Detroit can probably let's just switch back to Detroit for a minute because Detroit can try as hard as they can. It all depends on where the cards lie. If the cards lie and give Detroit number one, um, that then it makes sense. If they give the if it doesn't go to Detroit, then um, I could see either us, LA, or another team getting it because that would be sad just, if it doesn't go to Detroit. It's almost like you know, remember when Colorado tanked like a few years ago, and then yeah, they lost that's how they got the skinning. Yeah, they they had the fourth overall pick. They, they, I think the Avs are, t- are cursed because they had it in 2017 and then they lost it. But now they got Kael McCarr and they're like, okay, we're we're happy with this pick. And then they had it this past year with Ottawa's pick and then they ended up getting Bowen Burns. So Bowen, I don't I don't know if they have. I think he's gonna be a stud. Yeah, for sure. So uh, yeah, like getting back to Buffalo, like it's sad. Like it really, really is sad. Like it, if I ever talk to Dwayne. I'm gonna be like, dude, let me buy you a beer. Like, you, you, I think you need this. Like, this is—it's just sad. Like, I feel like, as as a Leaf fan, I could feel his pain, not to the same degree, but I could still feel his pain. But like, it's, it, it's just bad. Um, before we go any further, talking about, uh, before we jump off of hockey, two more things. Uh, the first thing being there are recent allegations about the Coyotes. I don't know if you guys saw. Yeah, I heard about that uh, today, actually. So for those of you who don't know, the NHL is investigating the Arizona Coyotes over allegations of physical testing of draft-eligible CHL players. So basically, I don't know if they're doing, like, is that implying, like, they're doing physicals? Like, are they doing free, free, uh... Like pre scouting? Are they like doing the pre combine? I don't know what they're doing. No, all I've heard from that is just from the AHL players. Like, I read that. From what I've heard, it's uh, they've been having like workouts with draft eligible players before the combine, which is illegal. So, well, it's wrong, but like, I mean, college players do it all the time. Or, yeah, but there's different rules for different I know, leagues. I know, I know. It's, it's different right? structures. So it's almost like. Yeah. You know, it's weird to me. Like all these teams are, are coming out and doing unethical things, and like I'm I had a course all about this, just talking about like unethical things that all these sport organizations do. And like I hear so many horror stories, like at the pro level with Houston and now Arizona having these allegations. Um, you know, I've heard some stuff. I don't think. Yeah, don't like think not this is anything like too bad. Like 
Yeah, but still, like, I'm I'm fascinated to see all of these, like, like all the coaching scandals, all the team it's, scandals. It's they're it's, trying to find the line and try to get as close to it as possible, and sometimes they end up passing it when that happens. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what what I think it is. Except yeah, for like what Houston Astros did, that's just like that's just stepping the line. Yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. Um, so before we jump off of hockey, we'll go more into the Arizona Coyote stuff most likely next episode. Hopefully, when there's more info. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just so, one uh, yeah. question, because uh, the Taylor Hall, the Taylor Hall, um, they might affect the Devils in the future. Because I heard that because of that trade, they could find where they could be in the draft, depending on if the Coyotes make the playoffs or not. Well, I think Arizona's going to be in the playoffs regardless. So, so would that technically mean we would get away at that draft pick that we gave? That draft pick that we're getting then? Would that be the case? Uh, well, the conditions on the draft pick, which I will pull up right now. So the conditions on the trade. Uh, let me just pull up... Uh, Bear with me. Okay, so here, here's the total. I'll just pull up Taylor Hall and we'll go to trade history. I use Cap Friendly for this. Shout out to Cap Friendly. They are, they are a godsend. So here are the conditions. It's a great tool. Oh, it's an amazing tool. They use it for they, the users are free. They don't work for the league, which is interesting. So okay, so here are the conditions. So for the first round pick, the conditions for New Jersey is if Arizona's 2021st selection is in the top three. New Jersey will receive Arizona's first-round pick in 2021. So since Arizona's most likely going to make the postseason today, if they start, then they get a first-round pick next year in 2021. If conditions for the third-round pick, if the Coyotes win a playoff round or if Taylor Hall re-signs, um, want either or, so either they win a playoff round or Taylor Hall just re-signs, they get a second. If both happen, it becomes a first. So they, so, they got to pray that the Coyotes go all the way with Taylor Hall, which right now it's not looking so good. If they, like, so if they just win the crop, then, then they get the first. first um, well, like, no, not even game. that. Well, not even that. If they if they say go to the second round and, you know, say they're swept in the second round they, and they re-sign Taylor Hall, you get a first-round pick. But if only one so happens, we could get, so we could potentially get two push on picks like in the top ten if we so lucky enough. That would only be if both he resigns and if they win a playoff round. If say he wins the playoff round and then he walks, you just get a second round pick, which is still good. Okay, so that's so fine. Yeah, no, I'll take. You gotta pray yeah. for for both. So. Okay, uh, so before I'll pay for we, thank you. Just before we jump off of hockey for a minute, because there's still not a lot of stuff. Uh, um, because nothing's really breaking yet. We'll we'll jump back on. We'll get Cole back in. He's been he's been a little quiet. So um, before we go any further, uh, Stanley Cup final predictions. You two go. Um, Already? Yes. Okay. I'll I'm say, I'll say Bruins. Yeah, I'll say Bruins. Um, for, for Eastern because we all know that they are looking for revenge for getting that cup. And as for um the Western right now, let me. Check and see who's um, first in the Western. I'm just going to go with the, um, let's see. I'm going to say St. Louis. Yeah, I'm going to say it's a rematch of last year's Boston St. Louis. So, that was such a fun last year. Fun. That, that's possible. Yeah. So, it'd be like kind of like Pittsburgh, Detroit, where Pittsburgh, Detroit yeah. beats Pittsburgh and they go back. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, All and right. then the next year, yeah. And then Boston would beat St. Louis, yeah. 
fair enough, fair enough. All right, Joe, mine's going to be a surprise. I'm going to say in the West, it's going to be the Avalanche. Good pick. I just, they like just, I don't know, they're just like, they look like a team that's built for the playoffs, honestly. Like, there's not really much left to say. Agreed. And in the East, I don't know, the East is tough. It's so competitive this year. Um, it's not going to be Boston, just because I will never admit Boston doing anything good. Because, <laughs> yeah, please. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? I'm going to say the Capitals again. <clears throat> As that, cap. Um, yeah. Yeah, just Alex, just Alex Ovechkin. If you can break Wayne Gretzky's record, because I heard that could be possible. I would watch that Game 7 series of a Cavs. Oh, yeah, Cavs. definitely. I would. Definitely. I'd be I think those teams match I have a question. well against each other. Okay, yeah, we have an answer. Yeah, yes, yeah, speak. Okay. Is, Steven, is Steven Stamko still on the Lightning? He is. He's the captain. Uh, yes, he is. I'm yes. taking the Lightning and the Flames. I don't... Uh, that might be a bit <laughs> of a... So the two could happen. But the two teams that underachieved last they, year. They were last year. They weren't as good as we were last year. And I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. I also wouldn't say that because do you want them to choke in the first round again like they did last year? I think they're more, like, mentally better than that. All right, so mine. Mine's going to be easy. And I have two reasons. Bas- basically, my pick, St. Louis-Pittsburgh. Here's the reason why. So, St. Louis, to me, is the best all-around team in the West. They got defense, they got goaltending, they can score. They can basically roll, like, five lines if they wanted. They're deep, they're good, they're going to the cup final. It's it's a given. Pittsburgh is a zombie. Like, they don't die. Like, I don't know what it is about this team. They don't die. Like, there's this one guy in my program, he's a Pittsburgh fan. He's from Brampton, which I don't know why those two mix, but they do. But oh, uh, he, Penguins fans. <laughs> yeah, I know. And he was talking about, and like I was looking at it, and like I hate to admit it, but he's he's right. I mean, you know, no Malkin, no Justin Schultz for a long time, no Crosby. No Crosby. Yeah, like no none of the best players, and their best goalie who could win the Vesna, which I don't know what it is with the Penguins and finding talent. Like first they had. Flurry for a long time. Then Matt Murray came out of nowhere and won two cups. Then Tristan Yari is now the savior. So I have a funny feeling that even if Jari struggles, it's going to be like, you know, when the Caps made it to the cup final, like they were down 0-2 when they started group yeah. hour, and then they went back yeah, to yeah, the biggest, yeah. I think what they'll do <laughs> is they'll do, what's, they'll do what Pittsburgh did in 2017, where they started with Murray, where they started with Flurry. And then Murray got better, and then they switched. I think it's going to go. They'll start Yari in the first two playoff games. He'll struggle. They'll go back to Matt Murray. He'll get his confidence back. They'll go on a miracle run to the Stanley Cup final. And lose in seven games because I'm still petty. And I don't want Pittsburgh so, anymore. So what you'll be saying is that – wait, you want – I was just going to make a little joke. Do you say, like, Tristan Jolly's too good right now? Oh, Tristan Jolly's way too good right now. Wait, it's no, not sustainable. A, Dude, no, if, I, if, if we traded um, for Tristan Yari in the, in, in the last year, we traded for Tristan Yari before the season started, I would literally do cartwheels down my streets. Uh, that, what we would, saying, if we had Tristan Yari, we would have been better than the Bruins, hands down, 100%. Don't 
don't come at me. So, or come at me. I don't care. I said, no, the reason I said that was because um, if you guys ever watched Urinating Tree, he did a video about the 2017 final. And his main joke, he made a prediction about the Predators winning that cup against the Penguins. And all you can hear him saying, Takarina is too good right now. And, and Oh, then, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I saw that video. Yeah, that, and it's just going over and over again. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, that's one really good video. Then that's probably the guy to go for. Sorry, not to cut you off, Joe. You can go ahead. Watch you one, one, one fun Please fact. Such a good. He's so good. Fight him with, um, like making fun of my teams a lot. Like he yeah. he gets everything straight to the point. Watch him. He's, oh, he's so funny and amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, one fun fact before we wrap up the hockey here, because. It's the NHL, and it's backwards and makes absolutely no sense. Matt Murray technically won two Stanley Cups as a rookie, believe it or not. Yep, that that that's fact. That very I, much is fact. I just find that that's so true. mind-boggling. You can also win the the uh, what's it? You can also win the Calder if you're like 25. Just ask for Tommy Panarin. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. Elite, like, yeah. Uh, Hockey the cutoff is 26, I think. I don't know. Hockey's going to be such a good sport when it's done. Like Yeah, when they figure it out, it'll be amazing. Like, hockey, hockey oh. in general, in, like, the States, in Canada, it's just it's just goofy. Like, I, I, if I ever work in hockey, I'm going to be, like, first day in, I'm going to be like, what is this crap? Like, I don't get it. it sounds so, like the uh, segment on the dude, Dangle podcast right now. Literally, oh my god, yeah, <laughs> dude, dude, I will literally DM Adam tomorrow and be like, hey, come come spread some love. So, just one quick um, note, did anyone see that report this week about, I mean, I think it was yesterday, but that uh, Seattle uh, new team name that they thought they were going to get, like, Seattle Kraken. I don't like, like that. No, here's the thing, because I actually like it, because it reminds me of Gary Sanchez, because every time um, <laughs> he would say, release the Kraken. So, still, you know, still be the Seattle Cyclones. That's just me. Cyclones make the most sense. I, I like that better than Kraken. Bring back exactly. the Supersonics. I, I like names that are plural. I don't like singular names. Like the Minnesota Wild. No. Colorado Avalanche. No. Kind of like the Wild. Wild is, eh, I don't know. I just don't know what your mascot is, but that's a, it's a cool name. You just yeah, they have one of the best wild. logos in sports. That's yeah. true. They, they do have a nice logo. Um, well, we can all agree that Philadelphia has the best mascots. Can we all agree on that? Gritty, the Philly yeah, fanatic. Yeah, as much I as know. I hate Philadelphia, as much as I hate Philadelphia and its voice, except for the soul, I actually did, I actually did like the soul from the AFL. Um, I, I, I think they just have good mascots. They really do. Nick Foles, Fair. he's a good mascot too. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I think that's enough hockey talk. I think we did a lot of hockey since uh, since we didn't really talk about it uh, last episode. So now let's go into baseball. And those damn Astros can't stay out of the news for two seconds. Like it's like Antonio Brown. God. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. I want Antonio Brown to do something. Oh, don't, don't even talk about him. <laughs> Literally, like, going back to our PR class, we were talking about negative PR, and my teacher just puts up a big graphic of Antonio Brown. And in my head, I'm like, is she going to show us a tree video? Like, can she? But then in my head, I'm like, no, she won't. Like, this is a, this probably goes against her code of conduct. Uh, but, yeah, uh, the more that I find out about this scandal makes me think that this is the biggest scandal in sports uh, for those of you who don't know, a longtime 
Astros fan by the name Tony Adams. You know it's good when he has two first names for a full name. Uh, so he basically came out and tweeted this uh, yesterday morning and said, I'm an Astros fan. To understand the scope of the Astros cheating and the players involved, I log on to I logged every trash can bang from every Astros 2017 home game with video available. Just to paint the picture, that's 100. That's what 82 home games. So he said over 820 pitches watched and over 1,100 trash can bangs heard in that film. So doing the math real quick because I can't do math. That is about. I can't. I can't even know. Do you guys know like over 800, over 8,200 pitches? Take away or divide that by 1,100. It's about seven, seven and a half. Yeah, so it's about seven and a half trash can bangs over those, like. Or is that every? Is that a trash can bang every seven pitches? You're saying or? Well, the yeah. the, the tweet yeah, says yeah. over over 800 over. 8,200 pitches watched and over 1,100 trash can bangs found. Yeah, so so it's basically a trash can bang every seven pitches or so. Yeah, that's well, that makes a lot of sense because if you think about it, like say that's uh, about that bat. That's about yeah. That's and if, about and that if, bat. And if they struggle and they get the count up to full, that's five pitches right there. Say they hack off one, they get lucky, then they go and do another one, and that equals the seven. So that that's weird. Uh, oh, hold on. It says listed every pitch during 58 half strokes. So only 58. So my, pardon me. So it was not 82. It was 58. So uh, it's a big enough sample size. That's to... that's more than half. That's more than half. So uh, yeah, just to go ahead and uh, to clarify, like I think we've kind of hammered the. I mean, we've hammered this team enough, but I, I think, think everyone this, has. I think everyone. Oh has. yeah. No. You know what? And I, I'm not smiling. I'm just smiling away. I, I could give, I could care less about what happens to the Astros right now because they deserve it. Yeah, and like they, they hired Dusty Baker as their manager, and I'm like, why? And I guess it's kind of I mean, like. Let's they, look at it this way. You know, let's look at it this way. There was no other manager. I don't think the Astros would have hired because there were a couple. I, thought, a couple. I, mean, I mean, their okay. bench coach was. Yeah. Their, their bench coach was a manager names, option. Well, they, I think with that they also they they were like shit. We have to do a, an external hire because if you hire internally, everyone's still gonna clamor on them no, and be like, oh. They're I, still I really think it's. That. I think the Baker hire is really funny because like, oh, we're we're doing we're doing modern oh, baseball. Like, we're doing AJ, all this like, technology. And then you bring in a seventy-two-year-old. Yeah, like, oh, you, Joey. Yeah, you bring in a dude that never won with the Cubs. You uh, he got to one World Series with the Giants. He he just. Old school baseball, chaw my yeah. one side and gum in the other. Like he's he's baseball down to his core, and it's just kind of funny that they strayed away from that modern type. Uh, oh, I, so. I wanted I wanted John Gibbons. That might just be a bit of a homer take, but I don't know. I well, just love John. I, Gibbons. I think I think with with Gibby, like uh, he handles the media so well. So I feel like in that situation he would be able to handle it, but like I just don't want to see him. Like I feel like once he heard all the stuff coming out because i think they started interviewing him uh before the investigation was officially over so once it finally hit no 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 what was i saying it was after the thing. yeah why would they interview him without that i think what happened is because like they were interviewing a bunch of people like it was gibbons i think they interviewed buck showalter which oh my god if that happened that would have been hilarious 
they did Ham Showalter. Oh, well, Buck Showalter's not bad, but like he's no, he's, because he coached the Yankees in '94 and he did actually amazing. I don't know how. Yeah, but he's another one of those old school like, he's like oh, yeah. players. Yeah, like he's, yeah, old school managers. Five years ago. Yeah. I heard Jeff Bannister got an interview, and that would have been hilarious because Jeff Bannister was just a giant goof. Um, well, if I'm a Blue Jays fan. Right Okay, well, I just might be biased. Well, I don't hate the Rangers, but, like, during 15-16, yeah, I hated, I hated the Cubs. But, yeah, like, dude, like, have we ever seen a team, like, for, like, did we mention last time talking about Alex Bregman talking to the media? Yeah, about, like, it just feels regurgitated. All that just feels regurgitated. Yeah, so so what we'll Actually, say on it is like the more stuff that is coming out and the more fans are like realizing it, like dude, I don't even know like what punishment would you even give? Like, well, what more could you do? Like, that's well, what made think. me laugh was did you guys it, hear what Dallas Keuchel said? Oh yeah, he's like he's like oh we didn't do it every game. How about yeah. what Verlander said? How about what Verlander said? Did, did you guys see that? what? He- he I came think I'm good about that. It was like I on like I a Hall of Fame speech or something, or he came yes, to like a I baseball event. Yesterday, I was watching and the Yankees podcast and they mentioned this yesterday. He went on the, he went to the, uh, he went to like the stand or whatever and went up. And he's like, I know not every team's as a uh, technologically advanced as us Houston Astros or whatever, and then everyone just started dying laughing. So I guess I guess Verlander's got a good sense of humor about it, which is always nice. I mean, yeah. I hate I, I hate Verlander. the pile. I hate to pile on him because like Justin Verlander is just—he's winning at life. He's like, very yeah. good. He's married. He's married to a model. He's what? He's got three no hitters to his name, multiple Cy Youngs. Like, I, I think he's the least culpable player there. But like, I'm wondering how this like I—it was mainly like a hitters thing, right? Like the pitchers knew about it, but they weren't like you know directly. There's been allegations. I wouldn't say allegations. I'll say accusations. Of I don't know what they accused, but a lot of these older guys and guys whose careers kind of passed them, they go to Houston and they kind of turn it around. You saw it with Justin Verlander. I believe it was Aaron Sanchez from the Blue Jays went there. Keiko. Yeah, that was weird. So so people people are trying to catch on to that. And I know Bauer was kind of get, like trying to accuse them of doing cheating, illegal stuff with pitching. It turns out they were hitting, but it's just I don't know. It just and then, the, then Mike Fires is probably like you know. Which is weird because he, I think, what he won. Did he win a World Series with them, or did he was he off the team when they won? I can't. No, remember. I think twenty seven. I think he won the twenty seventeen because I, I think that that's when. Um. Uh. Well, remember when Gary Sanchez hit that home run off of him and he was beating himself up? I think uh, that's, that was. That's Ken, I think that's Ken Giles. That was Ken Giles. Ken, Ken, oh, Ken Giles. Giles. Thank you. Uh, Sorry, my fault. My, my yeah, fault. but speaking about fires, I don't want to touch on it too much, but he's kind of being accused of being in a mess of his own right now. In what way do you mean? I, I haven't read much about it, but there's accusations that he's been hanging out with a girl under 18. I don't want to. I don't want to speak too Oof. much about it. But yeah, yeah. Over time, the, base, the baseball group chat was talking about it the other day, and I was. I tried wow. my best to stay out of it, but there was a couple. Uh, there was a dude trying to break the story and sell the story. So I don't know how true it is. Let's, don't don't accuse me of anything. But let's wait until more details come out of that. Yeah, if, but I there there was a tweet thread about it, and I know there's something on Instagram about it too. So I, I I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying I've heard and read rumors. So 
Not, not to go back to hockey for a minute, but, like, didn't we have the same thing with like, Yarmir Yager? Like, Yager was, like, sleeping with, like, a No, a no, no, that was an 18-year-old model. Oh, oh so she was just 18. Okay, so he gets Yeah, and then pass. she goes, no, and then she goes, um, she goes, I'm going to post a picture of you Yager, and, and Yager, uh, Yager's in bed together if, uh, if you don't pay me this amount of money. And it's Yarmir Yager. He doesn't care. And he goes, okay, sure. do it. He's, he wasn't married or anything, so... I'm I'm surprised that like people didn't like clam on Yager because like this is like just before the the big like scandal of all these guys and, and pop culture like coming out with all this Me Too movement and whatnot. I'm honestly surprised that everyone did not vilify him. Like everyone still thinks I mean, that Yager hero, but I don't know. It, it's it's still very weird. But like pulling a refocus back to to baseball, like dude, like I thought baseball was getting cleaner. Like the steroid stuff died down. <laughs> Hey, like, this is what? so. Hey, I'm just gonna say this, and I know it sounds awful, but this is so on. This is so much less cooler than steroids, dude. I want to see people do stop hitting bombs again. <laughs> I know that sounds awful. Yeah. But... No, I, I mean, yeah. Baseball, the baseball's are juice next season. I would love to see more of that. And it's all. It's also funny because like if you talk to anybody that like grew up in the '90s and the 2000s, even before that, the I mean, you had McGuire and Sosa and Bonds and Griffey and Andrew Jones and Jeter and A-Rod. And now, like, part of that was because those guys were juiced up at 70 bombs. Now well, we got juice juice baseballs and side stealing, and it just doesn't feel as cool. That's I'm, true, I, yeah. I, think, I, don't, I don't mean, well, like... Well, Jeter, Jeter and uh, and Griffey, I don't think were necessarily juiced. Yeah, they were No, they no, 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 no. I'm not yeah, saying they were, but group, three, the, three of the horsemen were in Bonds, Sosa, and McGuire. And oh, A-Rod, yeah. I should say. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so. definitely, yeah. Can we group Josh Hamilton into that? Because you already know that he, he took some stuff. Uh, hey, man, he was special. I don't care what you say. He was a really good baseball player. In his, I don't know, in his heyday, he, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, he got paid like $250 million from Los Angeles and got dick from it because he stunk. Yeah, so. he fell off hard. Yeah. That, that dude on the Pujols deal just kind of messed up Trout's future a little bit, so... Yeah, that pools deal is still ugly. Yeah, like there, like I look at baseball and I'm just well. First of all, the off season this year was a lot better, which we talked, we touched on on Cole's show uh, with me and Luke. You can check that out. We but, dive into all that. But I mean, honestly, it's the week of the Super Bowl, and people are still talking about the Astros. Shit, that's how, like, that's that, how like, big. Because I'm they, because they, yeah, well, like it's big. But, like that's like as bad as it is for baseball. It's good for baseball. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was just gonna say. Con- yeah, because content. it's finally. It's like think of it this way. If the people remember, it was like if you say the Yankees are cheating because like let's flash back to the 90s and 2006 when the Yankees were dominating every, dominating like almost everything. Would you expect that people were gonna be making accusations like, oh, the Yankees are cheating because they got like the big name players or something? Like, do you think? No, but be, they were roided up. A Rod was roided up. I guess that was later. Yeah, but- yeah, it had to be later because, like, when you get yeah, older, that's right. Yeah, yeah, like you get older, you kind of lean the war towards that because you want to get paid more money. You don't want to like go and fall out Look, of the game. I, it's a controversial take, and I could get more explanation about it, but I'll never fall uh, MLB. Well, now I will because there's so many rules against it. But like early 2000s, late 90s, I won't fault you for taking steroids. It was a dog eat dog world. And you had to do what you had to do to get in the league and make your money. So. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get too deep into it, but that's kind of how I feel about it. 
Well, yeah, I mean, times are obviously different. So we'll go from steroids to service time because I'm still weirded out about this. Uh, dropped yesterday, Chris Bryant lost his service, uh, uh, what was it, appeal? A service appeal against uh, grievance. the Cubs? Yeah, yeah the grievance, grievance or whatever, yeah. So, yeah. So for those of you who don't know how service time works, uh, I don't know if I can necessarily do it justice. So we'll have Cole dive in and he'll explain Uh, listeners. I'm not a huge uh, genius expert on this kind of stuff. But uh, what I will say is it's kind of you're on like a rookie. Think of it like a rookie deal in the NBA. That's kind of how service time works. When your service time ends, that's when you start to see these big money deals. I believe that's how that works. I, like I said, I'm no expert on it, though. Yeah, so. I, I think, like, it's not, like, exact, but, like, certain leagues, like like you said, the NBA and, like, the NHL, like, they'll have, once you're brought into an organization, you'll basically be, like, an RFA. Like, you'll be restricted. You'll, so, the team the team will have your rights. They'll decide you get, what You can get traded, but if you're a free agent, you can, you'll have bird rights or whatever. Yeah, it's, and, it's and like depending on like how long you've been in the league, like it determines on like how how many times you'll be eligible for arbitration or whatnot. It, it's a really complicated system, but basically, to to summarize it to the best of our abilities, because unfortunately we're not in baseball and we're not Ken Rosenthal. I God, I want to meet him one day. Um, but you know, basically, he argued that he deserved to potentially be paid more. Uh, because of his service time, Cubs said no. I don't know if it was an arbitrary decision. Like, I don't know if they took it to the league or whatnot, but basically it was ruled that the Cubs would win this case, Bryant losing. So basically Bryant and the Cubs are not sleeping in the same bed, basically. So it, it pegs the question, and we were talking about this before we started recording. And we'll go ahead and take uh, – we're going to go and let you guys – make the decision, and obviously we'll take our, our opinions on it. Arenado, Nolan Arenado for Chris Bryant, one for one, is that a fair deal? Um, I'll say I think if you're looking at the positions for each player and how um, it will work, first baseman for third baseman. Um, no, it's, I don't know it's if third it's, base for third base. Oh, the same base? Okay, my, my mistake. Mm-hmm. So, they uh, they, they, but, they both can play but, any but, corner infielder, but, but yeah. But here's the thing. I don't. I think Nolan Arenado has um has been playing in the league for a lot shorter than Chris Bryant, I believe, because no, I feel Bryant's like been looking, shorter. Oh, Bryant's been shorter. Okay. I yeah, think yeah. I I think if you're looking for more power, if the Cubs are looking for a more big power hitter, I think Nolan Arenado would be perfect because you can't because um you're looking for a big power hitter for a third baseman, and if you trade Chris Bryant uh to no uh Chris Bryant to the Rockies, then. I feel like that wouldn't lead to much of a troubling thing for um, troubling thing for the Rockies unless if um, they get into another grievance problem, like if they do another problem just like that. So I think it could be a fair trade. Uh, um, I think, honestly, I think just personally from what I watch, there's not much National League coverage here in uh, Canada, but just from like what I see, I think Aaron Aaron Otto's one of my favorite players to watch in in all of the game. I think he's uh, I think he's a much better third baseman than than Bryant, and that's just my opinion though. But yeah, I think the Cubs would run away with that trade if if that's ever presented to them. I'm gonna speak to this, and um, 
I was kind of against it when it first happened. I'm not a huge fan of players leaving cores. Uh, I know there's some success stories, obviously, with LeMayhew, but there's some nightmare stories as well. Look at Tulo. Um, I think the Rockies win the deal just because Bryant gets 81 games in Coors Field, and he's a fly ball hitter, and those balls will jump off his bat in Coors. I think his numbers will be better than Arenado, maybe not average-wise, but homers and RBIs. Sure, Arenado's a better defender, and he might be a better hitter overall, but Bryant's going to have more capability to hit a ball to the ballpark, playing in cores 81 times a year. So, I mean, as I said, Arenado might be the better player. I think Bryant has the better stat lines and averages. Not maybe average, but homers and RBIs playing in cores. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, like, see that, um, yeah. Go ahead. yeah, no, no, go ahead. Uh, Jim, did you see that tweet from uh, the betting odd, I believe, of where Nolan Arenado will end up? Um, that tweet that, I don't know which from, but they said that the Yankees are the plus 300 of getting Nolan Arenado. Do you think that no way. might act? Yeah, that's what, no yeah, that's what I I mean, you guys could probably package the best deal, but that's a lot of money on your plate, number one. Number two, you got teams I mean, that would probably be willing to give up more, looking at the Braves or Cardinals. Um Sure, I, I I don't know where he's going to end up, if you want my honest opinion. I wouldn't be shocked to see him in a different uniform. I just don't think it's going to be in an AL team, to, if you want my honest opinion. He's so NL dominant. Uh, you look at some of his splits. He's not good on the road. Uh, so, 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 yeah, it's from um, Art Shark. That's, that's what that's what I got to yeah, say. So I, I I just, I, I just, yeah, I don't see him leaving yeah, that. So I don't see him leaving the NL. So, so here's where the um, bets are from that. They have the yeah, Yankees at plus 300. So the Blaze at plus 400, Cubs and Dodgers at plus 500, Rangers at plus 600, Astros, Cardinals, Nationals plus 700, and a plus 1,000 to the Phillies. Well, I mean, like, looking at it this way, like, okay, let's, let's be realistic here. Like, we're, what, three less than three weeks from spring training? Like, I don't see... I think only a couple a couple weeks until pitchers and catchers. Yeah, like, we're, mm-hmm. we're like, yeah, like, middle February spring training really gets underway. I highly doubt that a huge caliber deal is going to happen during spring training or how even the start of the season. I think, to be honest, if something were to happen, obviously it would happen already. And I think it's more so like teams are afraid to basically come out and say, hey, we're going to go in a different direction. And like going back to Bryant for Arenado, like the Rockies are really like... I don't. I don't want to say bad, but they're just like snake bit. Underperforming. Like, yeah, like they're they're yeah. hit like they're hitting bar none is probably one of the best, if not the best, <laughs> offenses top to bottom. Okay, minus like maybe behind the plate, but and okay maybe Ian Desmond. I'll loop him into that as well. Desmond's bat's still okay, but not for the money that they're paying him. Mm-hmm. Um, but like their pitching is definitely very faulty, and like obviously they have the disadvantage of playing in a very hitter-friendly atmosphere at Coors Field. But you also have to think, you know, if they go ahead and take on Bryant, you know, they're basically saying, okay, we have this guy for, like, one more year, and we're either going to flip him again or we're going to let him walk. And I think that would be a huge loss for the Rockies, considering, you know, they've already – I can't even speak. Uh, They already invested so much money in, like, Arenado, Blackman – um, trying to think Trevor of story. Game. Yeah, story. They're they already paid him that big two year deal, so like they want to stay competitive. I don't know why 
the rumors of Arenado being like shopped were a thing. I don't know how serious they were. I know that there were like there were talks, but I don't know if they were literally like serious about pulling the trigger. If I were to make a bold prediction, and this is going to be my bold prediction, I think that Chris Bryant goes to the Atlanta Braves at the trade deadline because I think the Braves, they swung and miss on Donaldson. They swung and miss on Rendon. They need a third base. I don't say, well, I don't want to say they need a third baseman because, you know, they have Camargo who could play. They have Austin Riley who looked really good, the short bit that we saw. But I, I could see a trade potentially happening with the Cubs and Braves because, you know, like I mentioned last episode, uh, with them signing Marcelo Zuna, you know, maybe NCRT is expendable. You can ship him over to uh, to the Cubs because I'm sure they could they can fit. They in need there. a leadoff guy. They're one of the worst leadoff hitting teams in the MLB, yeah, and I think NCRT fits that bill. So exactly. So you you take NCRT there. I mean, let's be honest, they won't. I'm sure they would try to get a way to get Hayward to go back to Atlanta, but I highly doubt that would no work. Chance. No one's going to want that contract. Exactly. So they would most likely have to part with like if I had to look from the outfielders. I would say probably an Ian Happ would probably be in that deal because I feel like they'd keep Almora and they'd keep – I think they'd uh, give it a Schwarber before anything because I just feel like he's been yeah. a disappointment. Yeah. Well, yeah, but yeah, I don't know Schwarber's how – to the Yankees I, I heard the Yankees are still looking for Lucky Bat. Uh, I heard Schwarber's going to go in the AL, but, I mean, this is a perfect lead into what we want to talk about next. Where We want to touch on the NLDH. Schwarber's the perfect guy to be that DH, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, I don't know like, if the Cubs would want to get rid of him. Yeah, like speaking from, I think I think all of us are American League fans. Like, I don't know how national. Like, okay, there's still national. There are pitchers that can hit. Like Zach Greinke and Madison Bumgarner can hit. I've I watched the Cubs. I've watched the Cubs a while. And, and, yeah, and, and like Jake a theory, Arrieta hitting is fun about once every two months. Yeah, like like going back to that. Like, okay, you can have more flexibility to put in pinch hitters and whatnot. But like that definitely like that ruins the fun. Like, I know the DH, some people think, is, like, so lazy and so, like, you know, oh, why are we going to pay a guy, like, you know, $15 million to hit a baseball? And, like, people want to talk about, like, we need more offense in the game. Like, this is your it's a, answer. Yeah. I, I, I think, personally, they should uh, implement it. And here's uh, what know, I'll say about it. I just yeah. want to add into something you're saying. Yeah, you talked about flexibility with, like, pinch hitters and whatnot. It. Having a pitcher in the mound, it makes the coach – it shows how good of a coach you can be. You know what I'm saying? Putting the right guy in in the right situations, that kind of stuff. But you can do that with a DH as well. You can platoon a DH. You can platoon an outfielder with a DH. You can do all that kind of stuff. I mean, I watched Joe Madden put a, a pitcher in left field and then bring him on the mound to hit somebody for that pitcher that was playing left. Like, I've seen it all watching Joe Madden coach the Cubs. So – it might at, at like reduce like the fun of the NL, but I mean, a couple of years ago, Adam Wainwright tore his Achilles running to first base. You know that stuff happens too. So I think this was the right move. Yeah, and like to to add to that, like pitchers, like what are they gonna do? Like they're basically just gonna bunt. It'll be a sack bunt. Like almost every single time, it'll be a sack bunt. And like I I get the strategy behind it because you want to advance the runner, but like. The casual fan's going to be like, oh, like, that was so fun. But in reality, it wasn't. Like, you don't want that in a game that's supposed to be, like... Because the ratings and the attendance for a lot of teams are dying. I think, obviously, a lot more with, like, teams that are bad. But, like, okay, I hate to 
hate to pick on these guys because obviously they're going to be garbage. But the Miami Marlins, for example. Sorry, Marlins fans, but I have to say this. Uh, like, do you, do you, yeah, like, do you really want, like, I don't know who pitches on that team, but do you want Sandy Alcantara to, like, bunt down a ball and then, like, you have, like, I don't know, like, Jonathan VR running the second? Like, you don't want that. It's, I think, the Speaking, D, like, yeah. like, the DH so, yeah, position. Speak- yeah. Like, the DH position. Like, speaking you, of which, uh, what about the Baltimore Oilers? Do you think that could be a low attendance team next season? Oh, oh, yeah, clearly. Yeah, oh. which is which is a shame because Cabin Yards is beautiful, but like I think, I think I might be going there in a couple of mu- couple months to see the home opening day for the Yankees. That, oh, you're, you're gonna have, you're gonna have a fun time then. Yeah, I'm that's gonna, a no, fun ballpark. I think that's the thing though. I have to see if Gary Cole's gonna be pitching because I want to see that. And you got yeah, that's well, fair. Well, odds are he's gonna be the opening day starter. Let's be realistic. So you well, got you got yeah, you got a really good shot. What if they decide like to make him pitch at the stadium? Like that for his first start. I mean, yeah, like, fair yeah. enough. But I'm, I'm, well, I'm gonna say Gary Cole's probably gonna pick up opening day. I would still. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanna. I yeah, I think opening day in baseball is so fun. Like, I kind of wanna, like, to be honest, like for a job, I kind of wanna work in baseball for like the summer because like it's good hours, and like I just kind of like imagine like being an usher and just like watching baseball like live 82 times out of the year, out of the 162. Yeah, like, I, I want to do it. When, I know um, Matthew will remember this, but remember in, like, 2015 when the Pan Am game were in Toronto? Yeah, like, that that was amazing. Like, yeah, like, that, I, like, I was a volunteer. I had to get my high school community service hours. I volunteered at the baseball facility in Ajax. I literally just had, like, front row to, like, watching all these games and stuff. I was a grounds crew, so I was, like, right there. Oh, that's pretty cool. The players yeah, like, and a, stuff. like a friend and, like, of mine. It was actually... Yeah, like I, I think like with uh, with live sport, like volunteering, even like it's fun. Like I want to do it a lot. Just sucks that like kind of far away from things and like commuting is uh, annoying. But like yeah, like yeah. I would love to like like I was talking with one of my instructors today, and he was saying like you know there was something there were like organizations are looking for volunteers like CFL starting up again, which I mean to be honest it's a dying league, but. That's what about the Hey, I bet some people in Toronto really care about the Uggs uh, No one I'm does. Gonna no. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, football in, in Canada, ever since the Jays came in the 70s, like, it's been it's been not strong. Like, it's like, if you have to look at, like, the totem pole of, like, fan bases in Toronto, it would probably go the Raptors are number one because they just won a championship. It would probably go I the still Leafs. think the Leafs are number one. It's a hockey uh, town, it, man. It, yeah, I know, but I okay, fine. We'll do one A, one B. We'll do that, and then yeah. we'll do probably baseball, then probably TFC. TFC is very entertaining. Toronto like, FC is I really just, big. I just love watching like live soccer. But uh, speaking of football, because I feel like we're kind of getting on tangents. Uh, Sunday, which I'm hoping we will get this episode up by uh, before the Super Bowl. Of course, it is the Super Bowl. Chiefs and Niners. I throw the question to my fellow co-hosts who's winning that game and will it be better than last year's bore fest i mean sorry defensive game last year it was just i go with the yeah i go with the chiefs on this one because the niners let's be honest they're a good team let's be honest the defense is hard to stop at all but looking at the coach's perspective you have andy Reid, who's not won a super bowl at all um 
like even in his time in Philly, I really think Andy. This is Andy Reid's time and to win the Super Bowl. And the fact that you have probably the reigning MVP, who I think you think he could be MVP again. Patrick Mahomes. Oh, it's that's Lamar. Him. That's gonna be Lamar. Okay, good point. Yeah, Lamar. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, um, Williams, the running back. I think that, that alone, and you have every almost everyone else. I think they are looking for redemption after last year, and I think going to the Super Bowl here would really help cement who Patrick Mahomes um, is. And I really and Forty ers you know, Kyle Shanahan, twenty to three. I think he's the guy. Um, I think he really would also try to deserve the win, but I don't know. Maybe it's maybe this would be the one game that uh, the Forty uh, ers will end up not doing good at the most. All right, I um, I think that she, oh Joe, you can go. Joe, you go. Yes. Yeah. All right, I'll go ahead. Um, yeah. I think it's the 49ers that are gonna take this one. Honestly, like I just think their defense is too good. Like if anyone's gonna stop, um, that that offense from KC, it's gonna be San Francisco. Go. And their run game is just second to none, like best in the league. Like, um, I don't know where Molster came from. Um, I don't see the drafted. Yeah, yeah, well, undrafted. yeah, he was undrafted, got cut by, like, I don't know how many teams. But, yeah, um, I think he's a stud. And I don't think I don't think Casey's defense is strong enough to stop that. And even if they do find a way to stop the running game, you still have George Kittle and uh, Jimmy G, who I think is – he has his criticisms, criticisms, but I still think he's more than competent to get the ball to either Kittle or – Manuel Sanders, who are just playmakers in their own right. Uh, he both, he both, I think he both these Samuels, two teams match. Yeah, I think, uh, I think, I think these two teams match very well. It's going to be such an entertaining game. But oh, yeah, yeah I, I just think the 49ers take it, and by like a, and it'll be like a one possession game. It'll come down to the end. Yeah, uh, like I think, I think, I think it's the 49ers as well, Joey. Uh, I think. Both teams exploit each other's weaknesses pretty well. Um, if there is a weakness with uh, the 49ers defense, I think it would be pass defense, uh, pass coverage. I know Sherman's pretty good, and I know they've been a very dominant defensive unit this year, but you saw Rodgers burn them a couple times a couple weeks ago. Uh, Mahomes is probably better than Rodgers at, at this point in his career. Uh, don't quote me on that, though. I've I got a lot of Rodgers fans that live with me. Um <laughs> But uh, I and obviously the Chiefs can throw the ball. That's their offense. They're an air raid offense. They're quick. They're fast. But I think I think that's going to exploit the 49ers defense. And I think the 49ers run game is dominant, and that's where the Chiefs defense is weak as well. So I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I think Jimmy G is going to have to pass. I think it's going to be kind of similar to how that Titans Chiefs game went, but. Uh, Jimmy G is going to have to pass, and I think he'll throw better than Tannehill did. So I think that's why the uh, Chiefs will – or, yeah, I think the Chiefs will lose the 49ers. I think the 49ers win by three, four points. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, this is probably going to be, like, the best Super Bowl since, what was it, 2017 was the Atlanta choke job. So yeah. That's why I that's think, why they call Shanahan, yeah. Yeah, like, I think, like – Did they call Shanahan gets his redemption? I do. Uh, yeah. I think, like, to be fair, if I had to pick, I still think it's going to, I think it's going to be the 49ers. I think they're kind of going to be, like, I, like, you know how, like, in sport, there's, like, the next guy up? Well, for them, I think they're the next team up. 
Because, like, for the longest time, it was, like, Patriots, Patriots, Patriots. That one year when it was the, the Broncos, but this year, you know, it's going to be... This year, I think, for this year and multiple years, it's going to be the 49ers. Because I think they, you know, if it wasn't for Jimmy Garoppolo tearing his ACL last year, I think they would have been in the same spot. But now this year, I mean, you know, they've built their team so deep. Defense is great. I think Mahomes is there, but he's not there yet. I think, you know, like it took, what, Brady's first Super Bowl appearance, he, you know, he lost. So I think it'll take Mahomes maybe another Super Bowl or two before he really kind of comes in and establishes himself as the next face of football. But uh, I'm going to go with the 49ers on this one. It's going to be a very uh, intense offensive matchup. So not as crazy as the, the Eagles one, but uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be something. So you said Brady, Brady's just a loss. What, what wasn't it 2001 or was it 2001? I think Maybe it was Brady's 2003. I could be wrong. Oh, you, oh, you oh. Wow. I thought you meant I thought you meant his um first uh, Super Bowl appearance. I can't remember which one. I don't even know. He's been in so 2000, many. 2001 was his first Super Bowl because. If I remember correctly, the quarterback for the Patriots got injured, and that's why Tom Brady got in. Right. So, yeah, I, yeah I, can't, so, I can't remember that far. Yeah, 2001, and the Patriots won the Super Bowl over the Rams that season. Oh, okay, never mind. So I'm wrong. Uh, what I mean is, like, it takes yeah. – yeah, like, kind of like what I'm saying. Like, it'll take time for him to develop to be that next – that next guy. But, like, I can't count the Chiefs' offense out because they were trailing both times – and then they came back and basically killed their opposition. So uh, yeah, it should be it should be an interesting thing on uh, on Sunday night. And of course, we can't end it without talking about the anthem singer for uh, the Super Bowl. So I don't know if any of you guys saw the post. Uh, there's been a bet going around for Demi Lovato, uh, who I believe is going to be singing the national anthem, or or she can be singing uh, God Bless America. I think she's got the anthem, and I believe the time posted is a, a minute 55 for the yeah. over-under. Yeah, so what they're saying is a uh, minute 55 is how long she took the last time that she sang uh, the national anthem. So many people are betting, is she going to go over that time? Is she going to hit the two-minute mark, or will she go under and concise it? So I think it's going to go over because they need to milk this as much as they want, highest-grossing event of the year. Uh, you three, what do you think? Over or under? Well, I'm going to correct you before you said, th- that's just an arbitrary number that they said it at a minute 55. I don't know where they oh, get okay. it from, but she didn't sing it. She sang it at a Mets Royals game a couple months back during the summer, and she sang it at about two and a half minutes. She came in at around two minutes, two and a half uh-huh. minutes. So I'm taking the over. I'm hitting, I'm pounding it. I'm pounding the over with a gavel. You can't hear me or you can't see me, and I'm pounding the over. So. All right, that's fair, Luke. It's I'm gonna, definitely going to be. I'm, oh, I'm going to say under because, let's be honest, I think that the biggest issue for me, I think for everyone, is that is she going to sing it well? I don't think the time really matters to me. It's the fact that is she going to sing it well? Because let's be honest, you don't want to pull a Christina Aguilera or a um, Fergie because you don't want to pull that, especially in the big, um, big stage like this. So I feel like it should be under. So I'll say about maybe a minute 30. That's what. Because you want to get through it, you want to sing it well, but you don't want to go too far. Fair enough. All right, Joe. I'm I'm with Cola on this. I think it's gonna be the over, just because it's the Super Bowl. You know, the stage is all yours. 
you're gonna take your time with it. You're gonna hold a few notes, show off your range on some of them. So uh, yeah, I just think I'm going in at about. She's gonna be above two minutes. Okay, fair enough. And the last last thing, heads or tails on the flip. Heads. Tails. Heads. Tails. Right. I'm taking tails. tails. I'm taking tails. Tails never fails. Tails. All right, yeah, okay, we, we got 50-50. We got the, the Canadian boys versus the American folks. So let's see uh, let's see what comes up. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, I think we, we nailed everything that we want to we cover. Uh, I want to thank my <laughs> co-host once again for a fun recording. A lot more, a lot more casual now. We're, we're very accustomed to, to one another, so this should be fun as time goes on. Um, so as we wrap it up, I will... Uh, go ahead and plug our Twitter once more. So if you guys want to go ahead and give our Twitter a follow, our Twitter is at NosebleedTakes underscore. Make sure to give that a follow. Our own personal Twitter accounts are all in the bio, so you can go ahead and shoot us a follow, shoot us a tweet. All of our DMs are open. Make friends with us. We like we like friends. Um, so just to clarify, our podcast will be hopefully up on Sunday. They will be open uh, on the following broadcasting stations. You can get it on Anchor, which is where we are recording our podcast today. Shout out to them. Uh, as well as Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Breaker, Pod- Pocket Cast, Radio Public. Basically, wherever you get your podcast and music fun, you will see all of us. Well, I don't want to say see all of us, more like hear all of us. Marty screwing up the outro. That's uh, we'll work on that. We'll uh, we'll figure that out as, as time goes on. So uh, we'll also have on our Twitter page. We'll have some polls for you guys to go ahead and uh, interact with. Uh, you guys can pick who you want to win the Super Bowl, Chiefs or Niners. Let us know. As well, you guys can let us know should there be a DH in baseball, and you guys should all vote yes. If you guys vote no, what's wrong with you? I I don't know what's wrong with you. If you guys uh, vote no, my DMs will be open to explain why, and I'll try to I'll try to argue with these guys next show uh, why why you guys think so. All right, so now that Cole's gonna go ahead and turn off some of our viewers for that. Uh, we want to <laughs> we want to go ahead and uh, we'll wrap this up here. We want to thank you guys so much for for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode, uh, and of course we'll go ahead and hopefully stuff will break. Uh, within that time frame as well. Hopefully at some point in the video, I will uh, integrate that Sabres uh, rants. Uh, our good old buddy Dwayne, who will rant about how the Sabres thankfully remember Dominic Hasek's birthday, but not to build a successful hockey team. So uh, with that settled, thank you all for watching and uh, or watching. One more thing. One more thing. Make sure you yell Kobe on garbage shots now. Only Kobe. Yes, please yeah. do it. From now on, yeah, yeah that is going to be mandated by every single municipality out there. Do any, it. any other name, you're, you can't listen to this show. Simple as that. Carry on. Yeah, you're banned. We know we will. All right. We love you guys. All right, see you guys. All right, take yep, care. See you. see you guys. Yep, take care. Later.